going to be in Mark 8. We're going to be uh, reading a few verses and uh, readying our hearts for the sacrament of communion. So Mark 8, 27 through 30. Today we'll be reading that first. So I invite you to open your Bibles and hoping it's going to be on the screen. There it is. Mark 8, starting with verse 27. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Jesus and his disciples are on the way from Bethsaida, where a man has just been healed, to Caesarea Philippi. They are walking a distance of 37 miles, so it's a long road trip. They have plenty of time to talk, to be together. I love the phrase, on the way, because it reminds us of how some of our best conversations happen when we are on the way from one place to another, Think about how that has been true in your life. Parents driving kids, doing a day of errands with a friend, going cross-country with family. There's something that naturally happens when we are traveling all together. We become captive audiences to each other when there isn't much going on. Maybe you've been with somebody and they've said, well, there isn't much to do, so what do you want to talk about? As if that's kind of our last-ditch effort of what we have to do. But I love that because those are moments when we get to ruminate about life. When we get to ask questions of one another and really get to know one another more. When we can talk deeply about things that have been in the back of our minds. They've been kind of back there and we've not really been had time to pay much attention to it. And now is a great time for those things to come to the forefront when we're out on the open road. Here everyone's together and Jesus is the one who has something on his mind that he wants to bring up. So he says, so, who do people say that I am? People are talking. What are they saying? Now, this is curious at a few levels. One is that lots of people in the book of Mark have already asked that question, including people from his hometown. Isn't this Mary's son? The Jewish leaders have been pretty insistent, wanting to know who he is, and even his own disciples. Who is this man that the wind and the waves obey him? And remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the questions that God asks. And when we see those questions in scripture, we need to pay attention. Because they're for our benefit. Jesus already knows the answer. He doesn't need to ask this question. He knows what people are saying. So this is for the benefit of the disciples. Asking the question causes them to think for a second, to spur the most important inquiry that they will ever ask themselves. Who is Jesus? So they tell him what they've heard. Notice how everyone on the list is no longer here. All of them. They were powerful, powerful influences for God. 
And as we hear the disciples tick off the contenders, we need to think about why people would think that Jesus is another manifestation of them. John the Baptist, Elijah, a prophet. In this list, we see leaders who spoke truth boldly. We see people who were asked by Yahweh to be witnesses sometimes in very difficult and painful and precarious circumstances. We see people who called others to repentance, who fed people spiritually. Jesus does all of these things. So it makes sense that people are thinking that maybe he is one of them come back to life. And then we think, wow, I wonder what the disciples thought about this as they go through this list. And they ponder afresh who they think Jesus is. I wonder if they think about what all of these things people are saying means. You see, Jesus at this point is masked to the world. He has a mask on. People don't know who he is. They've met him, maybe. They've experienced his power. They know something's going on here. They know he is from the Lord. Did the guesses that people are having, did the disciples laugh about them? Ha, they think you're John the Baptist. Isn't that ridiculous, Lord? Did they think that they were credible? In their own mind, had they thought, wow, this looks a lot like something we've seen before. But they've been too afraid to say, Jesus, are you Elijah? Well, they may not understand his identity, They seem certain, perhaps, that he is his own person and not a reincarnation of another. Then Jesus brings it home. Yeah, yeah, okay, but who do you say that I am? Now it's getting personal. This is one of the best questions ever recorded in the history of the world. Again, intended for Jesus' audience, but also for all those who will come later. And it's a question where Jesus is putting them on the spot. Ever been in a class and someone says, you in the third row, what do you think the answer is? And you're like, ha! I don't know. But it's making everybody think. It's one thing to riff about what other people think Jesus is, who Jesus is. It's quite another to have to answer the question in front of everyone. Peter answers, of course, he's first out of the gate. And he's the first person in the book of Mark who correctly recognizes Jesus. He's the first person who understands that Jesus isn't just here to show God's power to heal people. He understands that Jesus is the Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. It means chosen one. Messiah is Hebrew. The Christ is Greek. They're the same word, different languages. In saying this, Peter is declaring a truth that he himself might have just realized fully. Jesus can't be just a repeat of other people who came and spoke for God. He is the one who was promised. He is the hope. He is the one they've been reading about and wanting and praying for, waiting for. The one who's going to come and make all things new and just and right and holy again. You see, there's confusion. There's confusion all around them about who Jesus is. 
There's confusion for us in our world about who Jesus is. But not for Peter, not anymore. He believes Jesus has been sent directly from God to save them. And then we think, well, yeah, of course, Peter should know who Jesus is. He's been with him all this time. He got to see all of these things firsthand. But this is Jesus asking Peter and Peter making his faith his own. You see, we raise our children to know Jesus, and at some point, they have to declare for themselves who Jesus is. You don't get to borrow the faith of someone else. Last week, a few weeks ago on Pentecost Sunday, we had uh, kids here who were being baptized, all from the same family. It was a beautiful moment. Your service got to see it. And you remember, they brought sheets of paper that their parents made them write. Tell the congregation why you want to be baptized. Tell the congregation what this means to you. They said, I want to serve Jesus. Jesus loves me, and he is my Savior. That was a beautiful moment that we got to have as these kids wanted to make public declaration of their faith. That's what Peter is doing here. This is Peter's moment, and it's a big deal. So as we sit with Jesus and the disciples in this moment, I want you to think about when you first figured out Jesus' identity. When did you first say aloud to somebody else that Jesus is the Messiah in a way that changed your whole orientation about faith? That Jesus wasn't just for those people, that he wasn't just for your family or your parents, but that he is yours Where were you on your journey when Jesus said, come and follow me? And you said, Lord, I will come. You are the Messiah. Where were you headed? Where were you going when you decided that Jesus was more important than anything else? You see, Peter is the impetus behind this book that we're studying. And this confession comes in the middle of the story. And he wants to make sure that we understand what's going on. Now, confessing Jesus as Lord doesn't make Peter perfect. He is not now going to be the model disciple, as we're going to see even next week. It doesn't make all of his problems go away. In fact, he's going to face more difficulties as a follower of Christ than he ever would have as just a fisherman. It's important because of what it models for the rest of us who are invited to follow Jesus. Because at some point, when we recognize him, we have to make a decision about who he is. And will we publicly acknowledge his lordship in our lives and all that that means. Communion is an act of remembrance for those who have decided that Jesus is Lord. It is a time where we come again And we declare that truth by the reading of the liturgy, by the taking of the elements, by kneeling down, by the humble prayers that we offer, by the confession of our souls that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. And we put our trust in him. He's the only Messiah the world has ever known. And he's the only Messiah that we need. 
By partaking, we are sharing in our common union, our life together with God. And as we come, we remember all that Jesus is to us. And we think about all of the ways that he has saved us and helped us and healed us and called us and used us. We think about all of those things. We think about the formative moments where he met us in very deep and powerful ways that no one else even understands or knows. And we think about all of the intervening years and how incredibly important and special those are. And every time we drink the wine and we eat the bread, it's a beautiful reminder of how the Lord has kept us alive spiritually with his own body. Just as Jesus accepted Peter's acknowledgement of his divinity, so too Jesus accepts our worship as we participate in the most sacred remembrance we have. There might be some here today who have not answered the question of who Jesus is. If that is true for you, today can be your moment where you declare Jesus is the one sent by God. And he will forgive you and he will hold you close. He has already been drawing you. He has already been loving you. He has already been answering your questions. Also, though if you've trusted God for your life, but your life has not reflected the truth of his glory, of his love, of his grace, this is a time for you to talk with him, to ask his forgiveness and to say that you want to get back on the road with him. So as we come forward today to receive Christ's sacrifice for our sins, may we say again with all we are that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Lord of our lives. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.